0: the last couple of weeks, uh, couple of months on our Sunday nights, we've been talking about uh, being cautious about being offended, uh, being careful about not taking offense to things. Um, and uh, one of the reasons we talked about that, of course, is because Jesus wasn't offended by us. He stayed on the cross. He died on the cross to pay our sins. We're no better than anybody else. Yes, yes, sin is offensive. Yes, but, but we should be really careful about being offended. And um, just, just think about that, that I'm thankful that God isn't offended and, and, you know, doesn't, you know, lose sleep over Dan Rehoff every night, right? Um, but by the grace of God, right? So, um, so with that in mind, I kind of tied these loosely together with our study that we've kind of been doing about being offended. And, and so what we're going to talk about is tonight is, is where do you go or what do you do when you can no longer tolerate being with people, when someone is doing something, let's just say, in, even within the bounds of a church, that's just continually offensive, and 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 you keep a, keep forgiving them, and forgiving them. But what do we do? Eventually, some actions sometimes need to be taken. And so the passage we're going to look at, which is what piqued my whole interest, and I've known this, but it almost sounds contrary to what really a good Christian should do. This passage in the book of Titus uh, really kind of just makes me think like, well, gee, is this something that we really should do? Is Jesus okay with this? You know, we think about Jesus, we think about long-suffering, we think about forbearance, we think about kindness, gentleness, meekness, uh, forgiving, and we look at those virtues and say, yeah, wow, that's what Jesus is, but sometimes... Sometimes there's the other side of those virtues. You know, they're good virtues, but sometimes there's the other side of those. And, and sometimes as, as, as we mature and we grow in Christ, not only for our physical health, but sometimes our spiritual health, there is some action that we need to take against people that are just continually offensive, okay? And, uh, and I know when we started this church, I know there were some people that, that would, I don't know why, but they just always asked me foolish questions. For the sake of asking me foolish questions and it didn't matter what the answer was they just wanted to debate me on things of the bible have you ever had someone like that it doesn't matter what the answer is Uh, probably a relative probably an in-law and they just keep hounding you and driving you and driving at you and it doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter what time of the day it is it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you believe they just keep going they want to ask questions to ask questions listen i know this church i know there's a big difference between asking a question and questioning right there's a big difference between asking a question legitimately asking a question and questioning some people I'm convinced some people just like to argue Uh, I knew a guy once uh, that was teaching his family how to debate and he told me very clearly I am teaching my children how to debate and how to have an argument and win it that's weird (laughs) yeah I don't have any friends Really? That's a shock. (laughs) You know, I mean, (laughs) this is like no-brainer. You want to live and debate all day, all night, and you just want to have an argument. You think it's just fun to argue. (sighs) That's exhausting. You got your Bible? Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Here we go. Uh, So Titus, just so you know, Titus is a pastor. He's on the island of Crete. So you have Timothy, he's a pastor. You have Titus, he's a pastor. So you know how the book of Philippians is written to a church? Well, this is a letter written to the pastor. So you have Timothy, you know, he wrote to Titus, he wrote to. So Titus chapter 3, verse 1, and he's telling the pastor, Pastor, put them in mind to be subject to, verse 1, to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Titus, teach your church to speak evil of no man, to be, to be no brawlers, but teach them to be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Titus... For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Titus, don't forget, okay? You've messed up too, all right? You're nobody special. We're sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy. He saved us by the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is the faithful saying, and and these things I will, that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works, These things are good and profitable unto men. And then we get to verse 9. Hmm, scratch my chin. But but avoid foolish questions, Timothy, or Titus, I'm sorry, Titus, and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and they're vain. So, Titus, I'm telling you. There's going to be people in your life that just want to argue. Their personal pride's in the way. They want to show you how smart they are. And, and, and they're, going to, they're going to want to be part of this. And you, pastor, you need to be careful and you need to be cautious about this. And, 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 and just because you're the pastor doesn't mean you know everything. So you've got to be careful about that. Now, people, I know, people ask me all the time, well, pastor, you know, the kids, I got all these cute kids cards from the kids for Pastor Appreciation Month, and I, I love that, I just love it. Amy and I sat down today, and we read every single one of those cards, I had a stack this big, literally, of cards, I got posters in my office, it's so cool, and, and I'm reading, the, and it's just like, you know, you're the smartest pastor in the whole world, and you're like, oh, you're right, you know? <laughs> you know, you're the best, and they got these, you know, handsome looking drawings, and you're like, wow, and, and you know, to a kid, they're just, you know, the pastor knows everything about the Bible. All right, newsflash. This pastor doesn't know everything about the Bible. Uh, don't, you know, for, for you to come to me and ask me some Bible question is not really that impressive because I probably don't have an answer for it. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to ask Pastor Dan. Well, good luck. Um, you know, If you come to me with some question, well, Pastor, I've got this question from the book of Leviticus. <laughs> don't even go there. Because I, I honestly, I've been to Bible college, old. I, I probably honestly I don't even have an answer for it. If you want to stump me, it just doesn't take much okay it just it's not a big deal if you want to ask me some question about you know some obscure verse in the book of deuteronomy ask away but i i'm gonna be like i don't have any clue what that's talking about um there's just there's a lot of things in the bible i i know and have conviction about and i'll fight for but i'll just i'll just tell you the truth there's a lot of things in the bible i just don't know guys i don't i don't know everything about the old testament i don't know everything about prophecy um Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm I'm not going to go round and round with you on something. And no one here ever does that. So this is, church, this is not a rebuke. I'm just, we're talking about the book of Titus here, okay? But um, I'm just not going to go round and round about it because it's just not worth it. I don't have that kind of time. I don't have that interest in it. But the point is that I say that to say this. Look at verse 9 again. What are the first two words? But, avoid. Wow, okay. So he's telling Titus here, there's some things in life that you need to avoid. So what does the word avoid mean? To avoid means to intentionally go around something. It's to stay away from it. That's all it means. It's like like if I'm over here on the stage and I'm going to walk over there on the stage. There's a pulpit in my way. Okay, I'm walking. I am now avoiding and I keep going, right? So far, let me just add. Everybody with me so far? Is that complicated? It's not complicated. Uh, Avoid doesn't mean, you know, to walk through. It doesn't mean to... Oh, throw it out in the audience. It, does, it doesn't mean that. It just means I'm just going to avoid it. I'm just going to avoid it. That's all. I'm just going to go around it. I'm going to avoid it. Uh, I'm just going to keep moving. I have to believe that, that Paul is telling Titus here that, listen, there's even certain people that you're going to have to avoid because certain people, people are the people that ask questions, okay? They're going to have these conversations. It must be a biblical principle, but avoid what? We'll look at avoid verse 9, but avoid foolish questions. Well, you're not avoiding the question, you're avoiding the person that's asking these questions. The, the, the emphasis here is on foolish questions. There are legitimate questions and there's foolish questions. I, again, I love people asking questions. Uh, in our membership class, we have, we have question and answer. You can ask any question you want, totally fine, it's great. They're honest questions, they're true questions. Um, there's, there's advancement, there's purpose to asking questions. But, but they're not foolish questions that start an argument or start a division or for the purpose of having a debate. You know, I think it's interesting. Paul writes a letter to Timothy, you know, and then he writes a letter to Titus, and then he comes back and writes another letter to Timothy. It's interesting, if we're looking at this, go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16. He wrote this after he wrote the letter to Titus. He said this, and this is interesting again, it's to a pastor. Pastor, shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase into more ungodliness. Verse 23, but foolish... And unlearned questions. Huh. There's that word again. Avoid. Don't don't waste your time on it. Knowing that they gender strife, verse 5. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Boy, turning away sounds an awful lot like avoiding. So what are these people doing? Look at verse 7. They're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, I knew a guy that... that when he started the church, that would brag to me. It was kind of weird. He'd brag to me about reading the Greek New Testament. My wife is smiling right now. And he would just, he pulled out his Greek New Testament and he would just brag to me that he could read the Greek New Testament. Okay. <laughs> Great. I don't know. That's wonderful. Um, I, I saw him years later. And so, what church are you going to? Well, I don't really. I'm kind of an independent. I kind of just go around church to church. Okay. So you can read the Greek New Testament. But you don't go to church on Sunday. Do you see a problem with that church? Are you getting kind of where I'm going with this? There's a real problem with that. No one in this room is going to argue that Sunday is the Lord's day, right? We know Sunday is the Lord's day. It was very clear about getting, you know, don't avoid, don't, don't keep from being together on Sundays. You need to be together on Sundays. Don't avoid being together. But I can read to read to the Greek, and he would kind of drill me on some Greek things, and I'm like, I don't know. I just don't know, and I just don't care. I'm not going to argue it. Great. You can read the Greek New Testament, but you don't go to church. You've lived here your whole life, and you don't have a church. That's a mess. That is a mess. It's just a royal mess. So, so these people, they're ever learning. They're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm just always studying the Bible. Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Guys, listen. Before you worry about this obscure passage somewhere hidden in the back of the Old Testament, you know, I think this passage means it. Before you worry about that, how about this? Let's deal with the things we do know, okay? There's an awful lot of things in the Bible that we do know. Let's worry about those first, all right? When you get to heaven, God will answer all these crazy questions about things that just don't really matter, you know. But I do know we're supposed to be in church. So he's saying avoid foolish questions. Why? Because they just want to keep asking questions just to get nowhere, just because they know you can't answer it. For instance, here's a question I thought of, and, and we could talk about this all day. Here's a foolish question. Ready? it's a foolish question you're gonna laugh this is what pastor thinks about in his office yeah sometimes sometimes when i've had too much coffee this is what i think about genesis the very beginning of the book of the bible book of genesis okay um who knows what day that god created adam what day was it day six okay he created man what happens next we know that adam's bored he's not compatible with anybody and then God creates woman. What day did he create woman? In? Day six. Here's the foolish question. How many hours was it between when he created Adam and he created Eve? How long did it take Adam to get bored? Two hours? <laughs> Probably. Well, this is going to be kind of lonely existence out here. Yeah. Right. I, but, but, but there are people that would want to debate that. Well, I think it probably, you know, he created him at 1 in the morning because this verse, you know, and then, and then he created her at, you know. T- you know. Okay, then here's the next question. How long after he created Eve was, was he tired of her? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, but, but that's like a foolish question. That's just so, listen, guys, there's some things in the Bible that God just didn't think it matters to us, and it doesn't matter to us. He'll explain it when we get to heaven. And if he didn't put it in this book, it's none of our business. How's that for an answer? all right? If if it's just not there, just don't sweat it, all right? Some churches get all worked over some things and just, you know, this rake, you know, crazy. Don't worry about it, all right? Just don't worry about it. Don't lose, you know, sleep over. But go back to verse 9. I digress. All right, he says avoid, but what he doesn't say here in verse 9, he doesn't say how to avoid this, how to avoid foolish questions. Um, But I think we have to remember this because we have to be honest in our study. We still need to be like Jesus, right? We use that saying, what would Jesus do? Well, I know that Jesus is full of kindness. I know that Jesus is full of gentleness, right? I know that Jesus is full of truth. Jesus is full of love. Jesus is forgiving. So, so how would I avoid foolish questions? Well, I, I, I think I'd avoid them like a neighbor that I just don't want to be, be with. I, I love them. I'm not against them. I'm not throwing rocks at their window. But um, I just would kind of avoid them. I, I would go out of my way to not be by them. All right? If it just, and I say this, I think, because Thanksgiving's coming up and Christmas, and sometimes we have, you know, Uncle Billy come over and it's just weird. Um, so, you know, I'd still love you. You know, I'll still help you out if you're hungry. Uh, you know, I'll still take the bullet for you, but I'm kind of avoiding you. I'm just not going to be, I'm still going to show God's love. I'm not mean. You're not my enemy. I was in the store the other day, uh, at, at the store in town here in Pewaukee. I, I saw someone that clearly doesn't like me. They've made it very clear from years past, they don't like me, I don't know why, I think I'm a pretty nice guy, I try to be nice, all right, but they're, they're very anti this church, and I ran into this person <laughs> at the store, and this person saw me, and they kept walking, that's fine, and I just kind of said, I don't know if that's what Jesus would do, in that, that moment, and I just went up and just pushed in my cart, just, hey, how you doing, it's good to see you, you know, put my hand out, and shake his hand, hi, you doing okay, things all right, good, all right, well good, well, if you ever need anything, call me, let me know, I still just wanted to treat this person like a brother, doesn't mean I invited this person over, doesn't mean I paid for their shopping cart, doesn't mean I gave them money, it doesn't mean I invited them back to church, but I, did, you know, I didn't do any of that kind of stuff, but I just kind of thought, well, they're still my Christian brother, I'm going to spend an eternity in heaven with them, I, I just, you know, and, and this person clearly did that to me, I mean, they, they, they avoided me, but, but then we just go, well, have a nice day, and I just kept going, all right, i don't know maybe that's right maybe it's wrong but i I guess in my mind i just kind of said well i'm just going to treat this person like a neighbor you know because you have to be very careful because um you don't ever want to get into an argument with a fool okay so you say well pastor what's a fool well a fool is someone that can never be convinced okay a fool is someone that can ask more questions that can be answered that's a fool Someone who just wants to keep asking questions and doesn't really even want answers. How come this? How come that? Why is your church through this? Why is your church through that? How come we don't do it this way? How come we don't do it that way? How come the music's this loud? How come the music's not that loud? How come... Stop. 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 This is a waste of time. Just stop. Okay, you don't really want to answer. You don't. You're you're just questioning the question. That's a fool. All right, church, what's a fool? That's a fool. It's exhausting. It's when you're going around and around, there's no answer. Go back to verse 9. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions. This, this word contention has got me thinking. What's a contention? A contention is someone that's just looking for a fight. They're looking for an argument. I, I'm convinced there's some Christians that just want to argue. They do, not here in this church, praise God. But some Christians just think they just need to be fighters. I don't know. I, I know I'll really get myself in trouble. I know some Baptist preachers that just think it's like a badge of honor to be a fighter. I, okay, listen, I'll fight, you know, the government, we got to, you know, keep our doors open, right? But, but I just don't go around picking fights, okay? It's just, I just don't know what the purpose, I don't know what the point is. Um, some people just kind of want to do that. They want to fight everything and everybody. Take a look at Proverbs. Go to, over to the Old Testament here. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10. Proverbs chapter 13. Some of you are sitting there going... I know why, Pastor, you never preached this message before. I know. It was just sitting there and I had to find a home for it. Proverbs 13, verse 10. Only by pride comes contention. So what's contention? Avoid contention. What's contention? Well, it comes by pride. That's what the book says. That's what the Bible says. It's not a legitimate thing. It's not a healthy thing. It comes by pride. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 17, verse 14. Proverbs 17, verse 14. The beginning of strife, so it's strife, like strife, like stress, like argument, like fighting. The beginning of strife is as when one lets out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. The beginning with strife comes from contention. Okay? I, I want an argument, and I'm just looking to debate. I, I just think that that guy that told me that he was training his kids to always be able to win an argument and debate, I, d- I d- no wonder they don't have any friends. It's just that's a rough way to live. I just want to be an arguer. I just want to be a debater. Why? What? what why? And then look at back to the verse here. Avoid what? Avoid strivings about the law. Uh, people that just want to debate biblical principles just to prove they're right. Well, I was just asking Proverbs chapter twenty-six verse four and five. Proverbs chapter twenty-six verse four and five. Answer not a fool according to his folly lest thou also be likened to him. You answer a fool, guess what? Guess who's the fool now? You're the fool, because you answered him. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. If you start to answer a fool, you're going to be just like him. You know, if, if someone's looking for an answer and they're legitimately asking a question, that's great. You give them all the time they need. You hug them, you love them, help them, show them through the Bible. But if there's someone that's just looking for an argument, they just wanted to debate, you're not going to change their mind. You're not going to change their thoughts. Don't waste your time. Don't get too contentious. Don't get strifeful over it. It's not going anywhere. Um, and I know people say, well, that doesn't really sound too Christ-like. Well, it's in the Bible. <laughs> okay, let me ask this question. We're going to talk about Christ for a second. Uh, Jesus, the night of his crucifixion, or the night of his trial before the crucifixion, what did Jesus do? Do we see a passage where Jesus argues? Do you ever see a passage in the New Testament where Jesus debates someone and it's contentious and strifeful? Do you? You don't see it. He spoke the truth. He wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, uh, a wet blanket. People didn't walk over him. But you don't see Jesus arguing. You don't see him having endless debates. He said what he said. He knew what he said, right? He believed what he said, of course. He, he, he called it what it was, right? White is white, black is black. I'm calling it like I see it. He called the Pharisees, he said what it was, but you don't, you don't see him going through these endless debates and just arguing. You know, he just, he wasn't that, he just didn't do that. Um, what he, we know that in his trial, he opened not his mouth. Jesus knew he wasn't going to change their views. He kept quiet. Why? Think. There's nothing to debate here. It's not going, I, I could, I could. Guys, he was in court. He could have called down 10,000 angels and zapped them all and won the debate. I'm not winning this debate. right? <laughs> they don't want to hear what I'm going to say. This, this is a kangaroo thing, and it's just not going to happen. So back to our passage, back to our passage. go down to verse 10. Oh my goodness, sorry, A man that is, I'm going to go quick. A man that is a heretic after the first and second admonition, reject. That's chapter three of Titus verse 10. So think of it. heretic, first and second admonition. How many times did you talk to this person? How many times is the church? What's it say? How many times? Two times. Is it endless? Two times. There's an end to it. Uh, Only two times. You don't have to argue about this all the time. You don't have to keep talking about it. But what what does the verse say? A man that is a heretic after the first and second admonition. What's the next word, church? Reject. The word reject means to avoid. It's deeper. It actually means, this is what it means. It means to shun, decline, refuse. It's very similar to avoiding, you know, but it's more like keep avoiding. Sometimes I think we hear the word shun, we think of the Amish, right? The Amish shun. That kind of shunning is not biblical you know, where that person's like dead to you, dead to the world, and you've never seen him? That, that, that's not Jesus, okay? That's not, the, the Amish version of the word shun is not biblical, okay? I'm against that. I don't think that's right. But, but it is rejecting, and it's continually avoiding, It just keep avoiding. Church, there's just, sometimes there's people in your life that, that just shouldn't be in your life, and you may have to avoid them, you may have to reject them, you may have to keep avoiding them for your spiritual health. For the fact that, that you could keep growing in Christ, you'd keep, you could keep maturing in Christ, and, 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 and these people may just keep pulling you down and sucking you down, and, 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 and it's just not a good thing. <clears throat> sometimes it's your family, and as hard as you want to, as much as you want to love them and be with them, if they're a bad influence, and if they're pulling you down, sometimes it might just be time to avoid them and reject them like you would a neighbor, that you just, I'm just not going to be around this person. Okay? Listen, I have neighbors that I love. I have neighbors on both sides. We're we're friends. We love them. We care for them. Right? But there's some neighbors that I avoid. (laughs) A neighbor that I hope they're not watching. (laughs) A neighbor that put in a pool. Right? And I drove by and just, hey. You know, nice pool. Yeah, bring your wife over. We'll go swimming together. Roll Out the window. Avoid. Agreed? Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hi. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I hope he never borrows my lawnmower or anything. <laughs> don't, don't come to my house. Okay, listen, we have to have a balance with the love like Jesus and loving your neighbor, okay? But sometimes there's people that avoid. You have to have to avoid. You still love them. They're still your neighbor, but I just have to continually keep avoiding. Why? Because if I don't avoid this person, the odds are I'm going to become just like them. Well, I think I need to answer this question before we're done. What's a heretic then? Well, a heretic is this. is someone that causes division, here's why. Listen, because they're forcing you to choose. That's what a heretic is. They're causing a division because they're, 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 they're forcing you to choose something. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is not like someone saying, well, I like the Chicago Bears and you like the Packers. Uh, who cares, right? This would be like this. That's a really bad illustration, but someone saying you really, you really need to like Chicago Bears. You do. You should. You need to like Chicago Bears. I don't, Pastor Dan likes the, the Packers, but you should like the Bears. Because I know he likes the Packers, but you should like the Bears. Don't you like the Bears? You ought to like the Bears. Stop! I mean, who, you're, you're a nut. You know, you're weird. Okay, I know it's a dumb illustration, but that would kind of be what a heretic. They're, they're trying to, to get their beliefs into your thinking, causing you to choose on something. It's not just, well, I like the Bears, you like the Packers, I like red, you like blue. It's not that. They're trying to, they're trying to really push something onto some doctrine issue, but they're, they're trying to force you to believe something and trying to get you to agree with them. Um, every church I've ever been part of, every church I've worked at, you know, there's always people that have an agenda, okay? Listen, church, it's okay to have an, have an idea, but it gets a little dicey when you start to have an opinion, okay? When you have an agenda. You're in a church trying to sway the people in a church a different direction than the church is going. You're trying to get people to decide. You're trying to force a decision, Okay? That's really what, what, what being a heretic is. Um, let me say this other, to kind of give, give you a better example. I have a conviction. I have a personal conviction. Um, I planted this church. Therefore, our church board, our church bylaws, has a conviction about drinking. You take that from many passages in the Scripture, mainly from the book of Proverbs. It just says don't be part of it, don't be around it. You don't want anything to do with drinking. Our church has an addiction recovery program. Okay, I'm telling you this so you get this. Therefore, we have a strong conviction against drinking. Okay, even in my, we just do, we just do. Now, I get it, I know the church on the other side of town doesn't, fine, that's fine. Um, I'm not going to that church, protesting, having banners up, whatever. But, but because of that, because a lot of our church has struggled or is struggling with drinking, right, because we have an addiction recovery program, we're trying to help them. All right. Yes, we have a biblical conviction, mainly from the book of Proverbs, that says don't even be by it, okay? Just don't be around anything for a minute. Just don't, okay? But then also because we love people in our church, we're trying to help them. We're trying to, trying to hold their hand and get through something. Well, I have a real problem with someone that comes to our church trying to sway the drinking issue the other way. If you have a different conviction about drinking, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not spanking you or slapping you or not. That's fine. But if you're here at this church trying to sway people in the church the other way, now I have a real problem with that. I'll talk to you once and I'll talk to you twice, and that's it, <laughs> okay? Because we have too much at stake. We have too many people that are really struggling with too many people that are hurting. From it. We, we just can't gamble it. We can't gamble people's lives. We can't play that. We can't do that. It really becomes a problem. I've had people say well pastor you know I just don't think it's a big deal fine it's not a big deal for you that's fine then go I'll give you a hint I'm going to give you a hint go to the church that's over there the pastor said I got this firsthand." the biggest problem in our church in his church is the staff that's drinking the biggest problem with our staff is drinking okay so if you want to drink, that's fine. Go, go over there. I don't care. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not protesting the church. Go. That's fine. But here at this church, we're trying to help people that struggle with drinking. Okay? So if you're going to come here, and no one is, so that's why I'm saying this without freedom, but if, if someone were to come here trying to, trying to sway us on drinking, I, 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 would, I would talk to them one or two times, and then I'd just ask them not to be part of this church anymore because you're just not helping. You're, you're, you're trying to sway our beliefs, and that's one area we're not changing. If my biggest problem with my staff was drinking, who? I would resign. Better yet, I'll say, I hope you fire me. We have a lot of people that come from, from, from those churches and they say, we can't fellowship with them. Why? Because we just can't go out for dinner on a Sunday afternoon without cracking a few beers. I'm trying to walk away from this stuff. And, and, and you know, the, the deacons are cracking it open in my face, and the elders are tsh, right in front of me. Uh, guys, what are we doing? I'm not talking about drinking today. <laughs> I'm talking about this verse, right? But you see, that would be a problem. If someone were to come here and trying to, trying to sway our beliefs, trying to sway somebody, someone intentionally subverting a truth that we teach in this church, or trying to get our church to become Calvinistic or lordship, well... I would have to apply what, what these verses say. I'd also go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what, the verse 5. Paul says, listen, if this guy doesn't get this right, the problems they had in Corinth, you, you know, you, you judge that, and you judge that person, you get him out of your church. You deal with it. You know, you just have to do it. Uh, interesting. I think it's interesting, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. They, they talk about giving that guy over to Satan. It doesn't mean the guy loses salvation. That's not what the verse is talking about. It's saying this. You're leaving the protection of the local church good luck. You've just handed this person, basically, in their life, their Christian life, over to Satan to play with. Guys, do you understand there's protection in your local church? You get that? When you leave the local church, when you're not, we're a very fundamental, biblically-based, doctrinal, you know, church. If you leave a church like this and don't go to church, you're, you're out there for the devil to play with. That's what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians. Yikes yikes that that's scary place second Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 14 and if any man obey not our word by this epistle note that man have no company with him why that he's ashamed verse 15 yet count him not as an enemy but admonish him as a brother I told you once I told you twice you're causing problems you're causing problems it's time for me to avoid you to reject you why so that you're ashamed, so you understand how serious I'm taking this. It's not a joke. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a minor issue. It's a big deal, all right? So, but the person still is not your enemy. They're still your brother. I want you to get it. Interesting in 1 Corinthians, they, they see it later. The guy actually does come back to the church because he's got a repentant heart and mind, and he's restored to full fellowship. Right, right, great, because he changed his ways. That's wonderful. He changed his thoughts on it. So, I don't know. These were tough words. These are, these are truthful words. But is there Jesus in there? Yeah, because I think these things can be done still with kindness and love, right? It doesn't mean we're We're not punching anybody out. It's just saying, you know what? This is where I stand. We ain't moving. We're not fudging on this. We're not bumping on this. This. If you don't like it, you know, go somewhere else. I don't know what to say. Um, but but so so I guess I say that because our study recently was been on being offended and. If there's someone that's just offensive in your life, someone that's offending you about your beliefs, those of you that struggle with addictive behaviors, if there's someone that keeps pulling you down, there's a time in your life you need to just say, you know what, <laughs> I'm out. I've just got to avoid this person, okay? Relative, in-law, parent, child, whatever it is. Why? For my own sanity, for my own Christian growth, for my own spiritual growth. I still love that person. I'll see that person in heaven. That's great. If they're you know, getting going to get run over by a train at the train track, I'll come in and tie them. You know what I'm saying? They're still my brother. I still love them. But there comes a point that some, there's some people in your life you just need to avoid and you may need to just reject them. I cannot be around you anymore for the sake of my spiritual growth. Alright? Tough words. Thankfully, that's not a problem. I'm not saying this is a challenge to our church. It's just one of those messages that I just felt like I just need to say it. And so we said it. So we preached it. All right. (laughs) Tough words, but true words, isn't it? We are very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.